What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I am looking ahead to Bellator. Two cards next weekend coming up. Uh, Bellator 294 and Bellator 295. Um, I'm going to look at some of the best fights uh, on both of these cards. The fights, I suppose, with the title implications, with the jeopardy, and some of the best uh, up-and-comers and newcomers as well uh, in Bellator. These cards are emanating from Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, in the United States. And you're probably thinking, Sean, what are you talking about, Hawaii? MMA can't happen in Hawaii. Dana White just, Dana White just said it. Dan Hoyt said it, but no, Bellator are doing two cards in the space of a week in, in Hawaii, so uh, MMA is possible in Hawaii, it's not banned, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's allowed, and uh, we will see it here, and you know what, I speak a lot on these preview podcasts I do for One Championship, for PFL, for Bellator and others, uh, and especially the, those other two I mentioned aside from Bellator, about being a little bit different, obviously One Championship have their, um, you know, the the uh, no rounds uh, in terms of the scoring, they have, you know, the different rule set in terms of uh, shots you control and all of that, and the weight cutting as well and all of that, plus PFL have the season and the smart cage and all of this stuff, Bellator as well, they're not as different as I said, the UFC or the, the homogenized MMA product we're used to, but the fact that they can go to Hawaii, the fact they make a big deal of it, and, you know, when they come here to Ireland as well and make a big deal of it and come put on locals and the crowds go wild for it, it is really something that sets Bellator apart from the UFC and from others as well. And to have that thing that they have, like PFL have with their seasons and like um, uh, the, the uh, One Championship have with all of their stuff, it's good, and I, I really like that, and I think it's a good thing. Plus, they have the uh, their own tournament as well, which we will be talking about here in a second as well. Um, so let's get into some of the um, let's get into some of the fights and let's talk about them. I, I'm kind of I'm going to go back and forth here. I want to talk about the two main events first of all, and I, as I said, I'll go back and forth between these uh, fights and try to keep it in uh, in line in terms of telling you which one is on on which night. Um, so the first fight uh, I'm going to talk about is Liz Carmouche versus uh, Deanna Bennett. That is the main event of uh, Bellator 294 on uh, on Friday night, the 21st. Um, and obviously it's a rematch of a fight they had um, a couple of years ago. That fight uh, took place back in uh, 2020 in September. Um, and... Carmouche uh, won that she ended up getting the rear naked choke coming back and I watched that fight uh, yesterday so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but since then I suppose just to quickly look Carmouche um, and Bennett have both been active enough and, and both done uh, exceptionally well um, Vanessa Porto Kenan Tab, and two Juliana Velasquez fights for uh, for Carmouche since then obviously winning uh, all of them and for uh, for Diana Bennett similarly you know she has had um she has had her fights against Justine Kish twice and against uh, Alandra Lara as well, which was supposed to happen, was cancelled and happened again. So they've both been undefeated since then. You know, a lot of unanimous decisions for um, uh, for for her in for Diana Bennett in there uh, or Diana Bennett even. I keep calling her Diana for some reason, but um, but I think they both entered this fight probably, you know. Even though Bennett is uh, is thirty eight, I believe, and Carmouche is thirty nine, they still enter the fight. I think improved from the last time they met, what three years ago. Uh, I think look, Liz Carmouche is maybe people disagree with this, but I I think she's fighting the the best 
she's ever fought in her career coming to Bellator having the opportunity to fight for a title you know like she had in the UFC but to to win the title and to to go on and and defend it the way she did you know make it in law we all had I suppose doubts after the first one with the stoppage the way it was and all but to win it spectacularly the next way it's been great and then Bennett as well a lot of people when they're you know 36 years of age uh, they lose a title fight or they lose a big fight even not a title fight at the time uh, against Carmouche the way they did maybe it's it's a case of like you're not getting back to that level again but she absolutely has and uh, and she deserves to be back there as well in this 125 pound division now that first fight it was uh, obviously Carmouche in the end showed her ability on the ground and uh, do you know what I think Karamush's jiu-jitsu and that ability on the ground, all, all, you know, whether it's wrestling, jiu-jitsu, transitions and all, is probably underrated. Like, it's definitely the most underrated part of her game, but one of the most underrated parts of anyone's game, especially in the women's divisions, I think, in, in Bellator or in even the wider MMA landscape, she's, you know, she's very good on the ground. She gets... Even if she isn't getting you in a submission, or even if she isn't getting lots of submissions in her career, I think she has, what, four submissions in her career. So not, not loads or anything like that. But I think she's very good at, like, look at Ronda Rousey fight. She's very good at surviving in those positions. She's very good at maybe gaining an advantage when there is that transition on the ground. And against people who are maybe stronger or better at, say, like a Juliana Velasquez, she can get her with an armor. She can get her in a position that she doesn't want to be, even if she's losing the fight as well. So I, you know, she she obviously submitted uh, Deanna Bennett with a rear naked choke. She submitted Juliana Velasquez with an armbar as well. So I say about her having four submissions, two of them in her last four fights. Um, so that, I suppose, says a lot as well. And maybe that's a change part for her game. You know, we talked about Katzengano a few weeks ago as well. And it was a similar thing. I think she, you know, has changed up her game a lot where she is wrestling a lot more than previously like she was always a good grappler and always had good jiu-jitsu but the fact that she is uh wrestling more has kind of changed her game around a little bit and i think i, I think for uh Karamush, I, I it's not the same in terms of her wrestling a little bit more but i think she uses her jiu-jitsu as more of a weapon now than she's ever done before um and i think that's an interesting part of this game as well and i won this fight as well sorry and i wonder if it will um play a bigger part maybe than it even did until then uh, it did in the first fight until obviously the very end uh, so the first fight there was a lot of it was a very even fight look it was very even I think the problem when you look at a fight like that right and you look at a matchup between uh, Karamush and someone like Ben or even someone like Velasquez as well like Karamush is always a little bit smaller she always kind of looks maybe not uh, f- not as fast but not not too much uh, slower but always, always looks like less physically um imposing, I suppose, in terms of height and in terms of maybe athleticism. Now, Liz is actually a very good athlete in terms of maybe a strength athlete and her ability to, like, push forward. And she has a good... I think she has a good body type for for MMA, you know, uh, in terms of strong, good cardio, well able to take the the weight in terms of getting down to the cut and able to, to push that for five rounds, to keep the pace, keep the strength. And she has obviously uh, improved her ability you know, a lot over the years. Um, but but having said that, someone like Bennett, if she can get a jab going, if she can keep her on the end of that jab, but also kind of land a couple of combinations behind it, she could have the better of it. 
right? But I think it's very interesting. We've seen a lot of fights lately. Like, uh, there, there's a tendency in MMA, right? And I, I could spend an hour talking about this fight, maybe, and fights like it. But there's a tendency in MMA these days to uh, kind of, and I do it myself, so I'm not giving out to anyone here or anything, but uh, to always, def- always favour maybe the more um, technical fighter, if you want to put it that way. Um, and that's not always right. You know, the technical fighter doesn't always win. Sometimes it's the one that the more bullish pig-headed, go-forward, put-you-against-the-fins, blood-and-guts type of fighter that will win fights. Sometimes it is that, right? And it'd be a disservice to Liz Carmouche now to say she's only that, because she absolutely isn't. But does she have more of that than Bennett? I think she probably does. So I feel like we're going to see a similar fight to what we saw the last time. I think it's going to be even on the feet. And you know what? I, I don't know if Carmouche is going to get the finish this time. So I think it could be even for a whole five rounds. I think it could be a very close fight. But let me add that proviso, which I added kind of at the start of this, that like uh, Carmouche, I think, will be trying to use her jiu-jitsu as a weapon. She will be trying to look for a finish if the fight, or if the fight hits the ground, but also to take it to the ground herself. And um, uh, will she be successful? Like, will be been a, like if I can see that, right? Bennett can see it, and our team can see it, and they'll be more well prepared for it. And I think we'll probably make it a um, a, a, maybe a slower fight on the feet in terms of she won't give as much so that Carmouche can't get the fight to that area, if you get me. So, all in all, I think it's, as I said, I, I, I predict five rounds here. If I'm giving you my prediction, oh, do you know what I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go Bennett, right? I think I'm going to go Bennett in this one. We'll have the betting show later on the week. We'll see when the prices, I don't believe the prices are, are out yet because uh, I think it'll be interesting in this. But as I always say, maybe my uh, maybe my normal pick is different from uh, from the betting pick. So we will uh, we will see when that happens. But um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't actually, hold on, the betting, the betting odds are out. Let me, let, me, uh, let me see. No, the betting odds for Bellator 285 are out, but not the, Bell- the betting odds for uh, two. Uh, uh, two nine four, sorry, two nine five, but not the betting odds for two nine four out. So that's a bit weird. Oh, hold on, hold on. Maybe they are. No, there is some for two nine four out. Let me, uh, let me just look here. Uh, God Almighty, I'm, I'm half like. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, so Bennett is plus two eight five minus three fifty for Carmouche. I think that's a great price. I think honestly, I think that's a great price. I think this is a 50-50 fight. You know, I will I lean Bennett. I'm gonna lean Bennett at plus two eight five. Spoiler alert, that's probably gonna be one of my bets of the week. Maybe even if I can get her to buy a decision, uh when the more of the odds come out, it might be uh, it might be even be a flyer. But yeah, that is um an interesting fight and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Let's talk about the other main event on the weekend, Bellator two nine five. Uh Raffian Stotts versus Patchy Mix. Um about as high level as high level can be. I was I was talking to my uh, co-host over in the Severe Med podcast, Graham, about this fight as well, and we were I I, I picked stats and there's my official big stats in this, and he picked mix, and I think we both kind of said, well, do you know what? Maybe you're right. <laughs> you know, we were both kind of said it because uh, this is one you just don't know, really, do you? You've what is it, seventeen and one against nineteen and one. You know, the, the level of guys they've fought in the last while has just been superb. Like, you look at Stotts' record over over the last couple of years. Being Danny Sabatello, who, you know, we all know how good of a wrestler he is, you know, made tough work of it. To be fair, it was a split decision, close fight. 
Um, although although that was the bit of the weird split decision, he he did win that fight, but it was a tough fight. Beat Juan Arcoleta, beat Magomed Magomedov. I think very few people actually favoured him for that one. He beat Josh Hill, beat Keith Lee, who's like one of the biggest TikTokers in the world right now. So fair play to him on on that. But even back, you know, further the only one who has ever lost that is Marab Jashvili. But like he's been fighting since 2015. He's fight fought you know the likes of Jeff Kern and Rob Emerson, uh, before he came even came to uh, to Bellator. So he's always kind of uh, taking on tough guys and, and being very successful uh, fighting against them and you look at Mix and do you know what I, I don't know what Mix right because I always thought Mix was a good fighter but I never thought like he uh, would actually get to this level right I, I didn't think he he would be a fighter who I would be looking at and seeing 17 and 1 patchy Mix that was I, I always respected him but the level that he has gotten to in my opinion in the last three fights is way over and above the level I thought I expected him. And now that's not an Apache mix, that's on me, <laughs> you know? But like, as I said as well, you look at before they get to the UFC and how important is that as well? You know, we, we talked there a couple of weeks ago about the young 18-year-old uh, Rosas Jr. in the UFC and about, you know, getting to the UFC and put having your fights outside of the UFC or outside of Bellator to prepare you to get there. Apache mix, beat Tony Gravely, beat Andre Yule outside of the UFC. You know, Tony Gravely, 16 fights deep at that time. Andre Yule, 12 fights deep at the time in King in a Cage. A place that, you know, has produced a lot of good fighters. He beat a guy who was 18 and 10 in a fight then after that, before getting to Bellator and fighting Ricky Bandejas as a, what, 10 and all, 9 and all fighter. That's the type of betting you need in your career to get to Bellator and then have the record he has there has... Just looked absolutely phenomenal. What won seven of eight fights or eight or nine fights, something like that, since since, since he got to Bellator, beating the likes of R- Ricky Bandez on the way. Okay, he gave up a fight to to Juan Arculeta uh, back in 2020. That was three years ago. But four and all since that, uh, beat James Gallagher. You know, a lot of people give out about James and have no respect for James, but that was a relatively close fight until the, the third round, and James performed well in there. And, you know, if he can come back and fight like that again, James Gallagher could beat guys in that division because look what Patchy Mix is done since so bit of respect bit, look a bit a bit of Irish bias here but a respect for, for James Gallagher as well but great win there great win against Haraguchi no, I don't think anyone expected that and then Magomed Magomedov to just to, to, to destroy him the way he did and finish him with a, a guillotine in the second just phenomenal now let's talk about them individually in terms of their games Stotts uh, look he, he, he reminds me of uh, your old school, I suppose, Rufus Sports fighter in terms of he's good in all areas. Now, I think the difference between him and maybe Pettis and some of the other ones, he has kind of taken up modern MMA more, more than uh, more than him, maybe. And we saw Sergio. I mean, I, I know I, I interviewed Sergio a few years ago, and I said, what does it feel like to be a better fighter than your brother ever was? Which he didn't, he kind of laughed at, he didn't take too kindly, but I, uh, like, I truly believe that. And some people might say, what are you talking about? But in terms of quality of fighter I, I think he is and in terms of quality of fighter I think Stotts is a high quality fighter obviously he's wrestling is fantastic the way he fought against Magomed um, Magomedov who is a fantastic wrestler and he beat him in a wrestling match was brilliant but he can hit hard he can do it all around he really can do it all around whereas Mix is a guy I think who's maybe put it together in the last few fights as I said like Mix was a guy who I looked at and said, ah, he's good jiu-jitsu, but is that striking going to be good enough? Is the wrestling going to be good enough? But now he's wrestling guys all over the place. Anti-wrestling is very good. His striking has improved no end. 
and his jujitsu now is more of a weapon than it ever was because he has the other parts with it. You know, we often talk about jujitsu and uh, say it doesn't work in modern MMA because you need so many other things to make it actually, you know, be useful, if we put it that way. But when you have all of that, as I said, with, with Karmush, you can use it as a weapon. You know, you're well-rounded everywhere. Use this one thing as a weapon. And I feel like that's what Patchy Mix kind of is doing a little bit. But that that's to say, like, uh, maybe, you know, maybe it seemed like, oh, he's just well-rounded and he has this one good thing. I actually don't believe that anymore. You know, I think his striking is, is really good now. He can hit hard, you know, switching stances, but, you know, hitting uh, with his uh, his left hand is, is lovely and he always lands it well. I just think... Um, I just think both of these guys have gone to a different level in the last couple of years, and I think it's a phenomenal fight. Look, the only drawback I have it with is it's the end of the tournament, it's for the title, and the champions are fighting someone else. You know, how is that, how is that fair? How is that fair? Now, I love the Pettis versus Patricio fight, and, you know, they're having fun, and I respect Bellator for doing it, and I understand why they did it. But also, like, if you're mixing your stats, you're left twiddling your thumbs here after winning this tournament for the next year, maybe. A minimum eight nine months, uh, waiting for someone else who holds the belt to uh to defend it, and then like what if Patricio decides to go back up and fight there? Let's say if he wins, I don't think that's very fair. I don't think that's very fair. I don't like it. I do not like it. I I, I have a lot of respect for Mix, uh, and I have a lot of respect for Sats, and I think they deserve better. To be honest, now when Patricio and Pettis comes on, I absolutely love that. <laughs> but so you can't please me. You literally can't please me. But uh, no, it's. It's a great fight on on Saturday night, and uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing it. Um, let's talk about some of the other fights. Now, one person I wanted to mention here as well, and he's fighting on Saturday night. And that's uh, Aaron Pico. I, I'm going I'm going for stats as well in that fight, just in case people. I know people give out to me. We call this a prediction show, and I don't give my predictions. It's more of a preview than the predictions. I don't know who who am I picking? Who cares? Like, who cares who I'm picking? But yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with stats. Even though like I perennially pick against mix, but I am going for stats. Um, Aaron Pico has a new opponent. He's fighting uh, James Gonzalez here. He's supposed to fight Otto Rodriguez, and this is a it's a big fight for Aaron Pico. His opponent, uh, you know, obviously coming in and short notice. But yeah, it's what eight, eight, ten days now from from when uh, this turnaround. Uh, God, he he, uh, you know, he's fought in Bellator before against Cody Law and beat him. Uh, he won in the uh, PFL Challenger Series um, only, a, only a month ago or so. And, you know, he's fought on that ring of combat scene we talked about earlier. He's fought in CFFC. You know, he's a win over Pat Sabatini, who's very good. He, he fought, he he, uh, he lost the decision to Bill Aljo, who we saw uh, in the UFC over the weekend. So he's fought some some good guys, and I'm sure he'll come in here and give, um, you know, and give a, a good account of himself. Lots of his fights going to a decision. So he he's not a guy who... Uh, you know who goes in there and uh, and loses all that uh, very much in in bad fashion. All I think all of his last he lost about five times, all of them by decision. So interested to see uh, to see how he looks. But for Peak, look, this fight is all about Pico. Let's be honest. Um, he went out there in, in his last few fights and he's looked amazing. You know, absolutely fantastic uh, since uh, you know since the, the Boris fight since the Corrales fight beat Daniel Caro, uh, Kerry uh, Hatley De, De Jesus Aiden Lee Justin Gonzalez Adley Edwards uh, and then Jeremy Kinney the last and look 
Jeremy Kinney's a very good fighter, but there was also a shoulder injury. I think both of them would probably like to get that fight back again. You know, Jeremy Kinney had a great win since against Pedro Carvalho. Um, but, like, I was, I, I put up a thing the other day on Twitter, and I said, who, um, who are the top five featherweights in the world outside of the UFC, right? And, uh, you know, obviously we had AJ McKee thrown in there, even though he's up at one... Uh, 40, 55 now, sorry, with Patricio, even though he's gone down, which is funnily enough, Belter's two best featherweights are a lightweight and a bantamweight. But anyway, but we had Brendan Lachnan, we had Mavlid, we had Paul Hughes obviously thrown in there, and we had, you know, we had a good few more. And uh, we did have a few RMP cuts, but not a lot, right? Not a load of RMP cuts. I wouldn't say like RMP was the first, second, or third name on the lists, you know? And that is a bit odd, right? Because RMP on his day is as good as anyone like before the Jeremy Kennedy fight we were thinking right if he wins that him versus Patricio is going to be an absolute barn burner of a fight it's going to be a great fight and it it has it just hasn't happened for Aaron Pico unfortunately yet but it needs to you know this is the time now for Aaron Pico to go on this run. He's been on a run. He's been on a run. Like he's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, he, he, he hasn't lost a fight since 2019 until the Jeremy Kindy one. It was, it was a shoulder injury. Look, we're, we all know what happened there. But <sighs> there's so only so much bad luck. Only so many losses. Like he looks so great. If I'm Aaron Pico here, I'm going in and I win this fight in the first round, and I'm saying I want to be on that Ireland card. You know. I want to fight here in four months. Or, or, no, that, that's even too far away. I want to fight in a month. So what's the next card? Next one up, lads. Come on. Jeremy Kindy, you didn't take too much damage in that Carvalho fight. I'm fighting you next. Rematch needs to happen. Here we go. Call out Pedro Carvalho. You know, for the double card. Say, Kennedy, I want you next in two months' time. And Pedro Carvalho, I want you in Dublin after that. That's that's all he needs. Win the two of them fights and then next year in a title fight. You know, that's what RMP Pico needs. And look, there could be a vacant title here or there could be an interim title or something. You never know. Uh, at 145 pounds with, with Patricio gone down. So uh, I think this is the time for Pico. It really is the time for Pico. He, he you know, we, we all know what happened at the start of his career. Obviously, the Zach Freeman fight was too quick. And in the Corrales and Barrocks fights were definitely too quick. But they rolled him back. He got his few wins. He's 26 years of age now. It's time for RMP Pico to hit his peak. No pun intended. And I, do you know what? I really hope he does. This is, I, I hope people don't think this is me being negative or anything. I actually think the world of Aaron Pico, I think he's really, really good, really good. I think he's maybe the best uh, uh, featherweight in the world in waiting. He could really be. You know, okay, outside of, uh, outside of the UFC, outside of Volkanovski and maybe Holloway. He very, very well could be. And uh, I hope this is the first step to it. Um, let's look at one or two more fights from 194 on the Friday, because I want to concentrate on a, on a couple of fights from 195 that, that I really like here in the last um, 10 minutes or so of the show. Um, an interesting fight in the Bellator heavyweight division uh, between uh, uh, between uh, Said Soma and Tim Johnson. Look, the Bellator heavyweight division is very interesting because... I think like a couple of guys have now stood up and and, and I suppose um, put their names in the hat for for being the next guy uh, in the division. But there's there's a big opportunity. Look, obviously you know um, uh, obviously Linton Vassell, Daniel James won his fight uh, a, a couple of weeks ago as well, putting his name up there. But for 
These two lads, Johnson ranked number seven, Soma. Uh, is Soma ranked? He's unranked at the moment, I think, but he he's always been ranked over the last while. You know, Gokim Sakram is fighting against James in the next while as well. So, you know, you just you just never know in this division. So I think that could be a, a big fight if he wins it. And a, definitely a big fight is, I mentioned earlier, Sarah McMahon against Arlene Blinko. Um, Sarah McMahon wins that fight and she puts herself in the mix, right? You know, Blinko has been obviously around for the the last while. She has had her her opportunities. She's had some uh, she's had some uh, you know some very very big fights uh, over the last while. And you know, rank number two at the moment, Sarah McMahon comes in there and she beats her. You know, her Katzengana and Sinead Kavanagh are definitely the, the the people in the mix there. Then you have Liam McCord, uh, who had a phenomenal performance against uh, Zingana last time out. Sarah Collins beat Pam Sarms from last time out as well. She looks very, very good. I could see them matching her with uh, with Sinead Kavanagh maybe next, or, or sorry, with Liam McCord maybe next. Um, but this is a big fight, you know, because it, let let's say they do do Zingana against Cyborg if Cyborg comes back, right? Then you're probably looking at Sinead Kavanagh, who's next in line. Uh, maybe against McMahon as a number one contender fight in Dublin, possibly. If is Cyborg coming back, we just don't know. Like if Cyborg's not coming back, I could see him doing McMahon versus Zingano straight up for the title, and maybe the winner of that fights, you know, Sinead Kavanagh, uh, who who's definitely next in line now. If Blinko was to, to lose here, being ranked number three behind Blinko and uh, and Zingano, so it's a massive fight for Sarah McMahon. She can put herself right in uh, to the title contention here with, with a win and. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the most meaningful fight outside of the main event uh, in terms of the, the rankings on Friday night. Big fight as well for Danny Sabatello coming back here um, after the tournament. He's fighting Marcus Breno. Win there. You know, I, I, I've seen him call out James Gallagher before. What about that fight? Is that a fight that could happen? I could see it happening. Kilis Mata is back here. Uh, Levan Cuccelli who is uh, 11 and 2 and a very 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 good fighter um had uh, you know beat Roman uh, Fernando last time out who was undefeated coming into that after losing to Gaiotti Yamauchi so that's a big fight uh, as well for the division he's fighting Michael Lombardo who um you know came in there last time beat uh, Mark Liminger after losing to Kyle Crutchmere um <clears throat> and knocked him out with a big left hook you know, that's a, an interesting fight for for that division too. So we'll see where uh, where that goes. We have another heavyweight fight. Tyrell Fortune was always there thereabouts in the middle of that division against uh, Sergey Bilotinia. I think he's uh, he's new to Bellator, if I'm not m- mistaken. He's uh, he's ten and two. Uh, now, yeah, he is he is new to Bellator. Uh, you know, he's been around for a while. He's a win over to someone like Mark, Mark Godbeer, who's a, who's a name. You know, made his debut all the way back in 2015. So interesting to see uh, what he looks like here on uh, on this card, and could be another contender in the relatively light Bellator heavyweight division that, as I said, has produced a, a few um, a few contenders at the moment. But um, the Saturday night card, as I said, is is very much. More stacked than do you know what? It's a really, really, really good card. Uh, on the undercard, um, uh, Irina Joanna and Bruna Ellen at 125 pounds. One of them could make a, a kind of a run forward. 
Uh, I, f- I fancy Joanna in that one, uh, if I'm being honest. Another heavyweight fight is when Davion Franklin, who's looked good in, at, uh, in sports. He's fighting Cassiem Aras, uh, coming out of Germany 7-1. I think he's a good wrestler. So let's uh, let's see on that one. We Uber Almeida will be looking for a submission against Kayoni Diggs fighting in, in his home country um, uh, as well. I, uh, I, I, do you know what? I think I might like Weber Almeida in that one, although you never know with him. Uh, one, f- you know, two the two fights in the middle of this card as well. Kai Kamaka the third against Adley Edwards. That's that's a very good fight written all over. Now Adley Edwards, as I said, a big opportunity against Pico last time out. Kai Kamaka has been looking for that big opportunity. And I think if he wins this one, I think he will be uh, pushed up a bit at one forty-five, and I think he will uh, end up getting an opportunity uh, at some stage in that division. You know, he's uh, he's not ranked at the moment, but I think if he wins that, maybe he'll be touching uh, on the rankings. He is a he is a good fighter, and I think he uh, he deserves a matchup like this in his home country as well. Yancy Medeiros against Charlie Leary. You know, Charlie Leary, a guy who I thought a while ago was, um, you know, was going to gonna find it tough, I suppose, Miller. And look, he has. He beat Kiefer Crosby, though, a great win. He beat Chris Bungard, a great win. Now, he has lost to the likes of Davy Galan and, and Sarden back in his last couple of fights. Uh, but this is a big fight for him bouncing back here against Yancey Medeiros. I think Yancey was talking about retiring not too long ago, but he's got a real lease on, second lease on life with Bellator. Won his last fight against Emmanuel Sanchez. Do you know what? I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. Um... If he can reproduce that, I think he'll win this fight. If he can't, I think Charlie Leary is good enough to win it. I'd pro- do you know what? I'd probably just go for Charlie Leary in that one, if I'm being honest. But tough, close fight. Um, a big fight, you know, 145 pounds. Justin Gonzalez against uh, against Mads uh, Burnell. Gonzalez, seven. Burnell, six. And uh, Gonzalez is 14-1 and one in his career. And this is a massive fight for him. He beat, you know, the aforementioned Kai Kamaka. He's only lost his to Aaron Pico, which I mentioned earlier as well. Uh, had a win over Aaron Fisher the last time out. And it was being the likes of Zach Zane, who has lots of, uh, lots of uh, experience. He beat him in the Contender Series, I believe. So 3-1 and one, uh, in Bellator right now. But sure, Mads Burnell is, you know... On, the, on his day, one of the best fighters in the world. What a win, though, for Pedro Carvalho. Last time out against him, after Barrocks beat him in that, uh, uh, you know, the, the the number one contender bout, I suppose, for the 145-pound title uh, before that. You know, he was on some run as well uh, prior to that. Was Burnell beating Emmanuel Sanchez, beating Saul Rogers, Steve Emble, D. Truman over in Cage Warriors, and many more as well. You know, with Burnell, it's always can you stay away from the ground? Can you stay away from that uh, that jujitsu game? Um, especially if you are, uh, well, especially if you're anyone, <laughs> basically. You know, I think that's the biggest uh, biggest thing here. And it, it, you know, for that division, it's absolutely huge because we don't know what's happening at one forty five pounds. You know, Patricio is there. Adam Barrocks just had his chance. Jeremy Kindy's waiting on one. Arnpico is fighting this weekend. Asia McKee's gone up. Pedro Carvalho just lost. Mads Burnell, as I said, and Justin Gonzalez are fighting here. Uh, Timur Kiriev is fighting um, against Richie Smolin coming up pretty soon as well. And Lucas Brennan just had to break it into that division at eight. No, it's anyone's game there, really. It's anyone's game there, really. So that's a massive fight uh, in that division. I mentioned Aaron Pico already. Um, and I mentioned, obviously, the main event. The two other fights, I just want to talk about. I, I, the two other fights, I just bare, barely touch on uh, Elimele McFarlane and Kenan Wanatabi. Like, Elimele 
it's a very interesting one as well because you know she was talking about retiring not too long ago. She came back with that win against uh, against Bruna Allen in a, in a close fight, and she's coming in here against Kanawanatabe, who you know is a very well-rounded fighter and a very very good fighter. Her only loss uh, is to uh, is to Liz Carmouche. The brilliant win over Denise Kielholz last time out, who was in one of the fights of the year just prior to that. You know she's beaten uh, Alexandra Elara. She's beaten Elira Joanna. And many more as well on her way to Bellator again. Fought five and one, four and one, uh, four and one in Bellator. So this is, um, and this is a big fight for Alimele. We see a lot of wins by submission, a lot of wins by ground and pound for Wanatabe. So I think Alimele, the crowd behind her and all, I think she is going to need to raise level. I would fancy Wanatabe. My pick is definitely Wanatabe for this fight, but Alimele is going to need to rise the levels here in front of the whole crowd, home crowd. Can she do it? I suppose we will. Uh, we will see. So uh, the last fight I want to touch on is maybe my favorite fight of the weekend, and that's Ray Borg uh, against Kyoji Haraguchi. Um, everyone knows me that I love 125 on fight now. 125 pounds. I, I'm I'm not sure why they're not doing this at 135 pounds. Like, uh, ho- uh, ho- hopefully they are, and hopefully the, the wherever I'm looking here in the web, the Belter website is wrong. But uh, I uh, look Red Borg. We all think of Red Borg is like ah, oh, he's had a very iffy career with injuries and all of that. And he he has right, but since the the middle of 2021, he's gone 3-0, you know, beat Jesse Arnett, beat Cody Gibson, and beat Ricky Bandeas, which is a great win uh, around this time last year, but again, it's been a year since he fought, you know, um, signing with Bellator, that was a big thing for him, and he's getting a big opportunity here against Kyoji Haraguchi, who, you know, himself has, hasn't been on the best run, I suppose, over the last couple of years, but he has won his last two now, he won in that Bellator versus Risen card at the end of the year, he won a Risen fight before that as well, after losing to, to Mix, and that obviously knockout of the year against, uh, against Sergio Pettis before the, you know, the, the two fights against Kaya Sakura, uh, the, the one win, win and one loss back in 2019 and slash 2020, uh, you should, look, I would think that Haraguchi is just a better, well-rounded fighter, uh, and should win this. But Borg, he he's good athlete. He's strong. You know, he can he can hit hard. He's good submissions, and I, I wouldn't rule him out. I think this is going to be really fun. But I do think Karaguchi will win, and probably will win pretty convincingly in this one. So I'm definitely picking him there. So um, I'll run you through some of my picks there as well because I know people do get kind of mad. A uh, couple of picks from the first night. I'm going with um. I'm going to go with Bennett. I'm going to go with Bennett. I'll go with Saeed Soma as well to beat Tim Johnson. I'm going to go with Sarah McMahon uh, to win in that fight. I would pick as well Levan Coachelli to win uh, his fight against uh, Michael uh, Lombardo on the first night. Uh, and on the second night, I'm going for Stotts there. Definitely going for Wanatabe. I'll pick Pico to beat Gonzalez. i pick Haraguchi to win that fight. I'm going, uh, do you know what? I said earlier, I'm going for Charlie Leary. I'll go for Mads Burnell. Do you know what as well? I think uh, Kai Kamako will probably be the underdog in that fight. I mean, let me just uh, see if I can uh, see if he is the underdog. I, I would presume he is, but you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for him anyway. He is minus one ninety five, so not not a massive underdog, but I'm gonna go for uh, for Kai Kamaka in that one as well. So uh, yeah, those are my best picks, I suppose, from the the two nights. I will have the betting show this week with even more picks, so tune in for that as well. All right, everyone, I will leave it there. Please click the subscribe button if you aren't already on YouTube. If you're li- just listening to this, go over to YouTube. Subscribe to uh, the Sherdog YouTube page because there's loads of great stuff. UFC content, Bellator content, One Championship content, PFL content. All the content is out there. So 
stay with us here and we won't uh, show you wrong. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com. I'll see you all next time.